0: We are in this series about emotional. and if you're not familiar with this, or maybe you haven't heard any of this, or haven't seen any of it, I feel like I need to make this disclaimer again. Oh, <laughs> Ken, I'm glad you were here, my brother. Not, not just because you're waving that offering bag at me, but I just like him. Do you guys, do you know Ken? He's a great guy. He's a fun guy to be around. I, let's, yeah, give Ken a hand. Would you, uh, ushers, would you take the offering? And if you're close to him, you want to stand up and hug him, he loves that. You could do that too, but... <clears throat> I do feel like I need to do another disclaimer, because um, this morning, uh, two people talked to me about about uh, whether or not I might have been referencing a conversation we had. Now, that's just two people this morning, and uh, during the week, you know, I had a few other people say that kind of thing, and I am not. Just so you understand, you know, we've, we've been working on and planning this sermon series for quite a while, a couple months, and so even as I was reviewing and going through this sermon, even myself, I kept thinking... I'm getting preached to right now. So if you think that, it's not true. It just isn't. And, it, and if anything, it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And a couple other people, someone else pointed out to me that I had a, a typo in my notes. And you may be thinking, how do they know that? Well, it's because... If you're not if you're not aware of this and if you use the U version uh, Bible app, that's the Bible app I use, I always put my notes in there for you to use and it's just a tool for you cuz I know a lot of people don't write notes anymore, they don't have another way or maybe you do keep notes on your phone but if you use the U version Bible app they're in there. So if you just go under the events in the, in the settings, you can just hit events, and, and this will pop up, and all the notes will be in there. So I did have a typo, and what's funny is I had already corrected it in my actual notes, my personal notes, but I didn't even think about the fact that that was there, and so I appreciate that person who pointed that out, and uh, he, he was later saying, you know, I hope you don't think I'm trying to be nitpicky. I'm like, no, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate correction here and there. It's a good thing, so... And if you're not familiar with Emoji, let's just jump into this. Here's the definition. It's an adjective where you're emitting excessive emotion via the Emoji app in a text or other cell phone application. And I find... You know, more and more, uh, again, this will play into the sermon later, but lately it seems like when people are texting me, I'm seeing more emojis. And so I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I always laugh because I'm trying to figure out, when, you know, a lot of times they're so small in there on the phone. I'm like, I can't see that. I have no idea what that is. But, you know, you can uh, enlarge it and try to figure out, do they mean that or are they just hitting things? You know, I don't even know. But, but it is handy sometimes. I mean, if you want to say something like, you know, you're really happy or all of this stuff, I mean, that would be like super emotional because you're just throwing it all out there, you know, and you're, you're happy, confused, sad, really sad, really, really sad. Now you're angry and really angry and fuming. So I don't know. And I thought I'd do this since this is the last one in the series. I'm going to give you a little test again, see if you can figure out some of this emoji language. This one's a little tough for me. I, a lot of them were just too easy. I, I can't remember. Oh, one of my daughters was sitting there with me and I said, is this too easy? And I'm like, yeah, it's too easy. So this one though, I thought was a little more difficult, but let's see who can figure that out first iTunes. Wow, that was fast. Okay, good, good. I, I, it took me a minute to get it because I just wasn't getting it. But, but now let's get uh, real a little bit here. And uh, again, like last week, don't 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 nudge anybody. Just you know, if this is you, it's you. If it's them, pray for them because that'll probably be more effective anyway. Okay. Um, how many of you ever been hacked? Like on the computer, hacked. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, like five times a day. How many of you had that friend who you start getting emails from and it says something like, hey, is this you in this video? And you're like, oh, geez, I got hacked again. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, I'll quick text them and say, hey, I think you've been hacked. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting these emails. And, and um, you know, a lot of times they'll correct it. And maybe this has happened to you where you, know, you get a screen like this and you're just panicking, like what in the world? And they could take over your whole computer. I mean, that can be freaky too. But I mean, there's been times where I've had this happen one time where I kept, I, kept, uh, I wasn't really paying attention and my phone was beeping you know, these notifications. And sometimes if I get too many, Notifications from somebody, I just stop following them, you know, because it's not that I don't care, it's just I don't want to know everything, you know what I mean? Every minute. I mean, I care, but it's just anyway, this was happened to me, this has been a while ago, it was happening to me, and I, and I, and I stopped and looked, like, my goodness, someone has been hacked bad. I'm looking at it, and like, the more I'm staring at it, I'm thinking, I wonder who that is. And so I, I open up all the, the tech, it was me. <laughs> it was actually me, and then people are laughing because, like, yeah, it's you this time, and glad that happened to me. Um, You notice how that can happen though? You're you're hacked and then you don't know. Has that ever happened to any of you? And then later you find out and you're like, why didn't somebody tell me, right? And your friends would be like, well, I thought you knew. It's kind of like when you have that thing stuck in your teeth and you know you've been around good friends and you're like, how can they not tell me? Did they not see it? And then later you talk to them like, well, I was gonna say something, but you know, I wanna make you feel bad. And like, well, now I feel worse because I've been walking around like this all day. Um, I kind of have this issue sometimes because I'm not truly colorblind, but I, I have, it's called red-green deficient. So let me explain how this works. I see red and green. I just don't see it like you do, but I don't know that. Does it make sense? I mean, I, I see them. I see greens and I see reds, but but they're not the same as whatever it is you see. But I don't know that, right? So there are times when I'll walk around all day, and it's not till I get home when, when someone who loves me at home will say, have you dressed like that all day? I'm like, yeah? I'm like, that doesn't match. I'm like, oh. why didn't somebody say something earlier on? I could have done something about this. The whole day, I had the student in my class. He, I mentioned this as an illustration in class, and, and uh, the student, he's actually colorblind. He goes, he goes, you want me to get my colorblind glasses? I'm like, yeah, what is that? And he's like, well, they're special glasses because he's actually colorblind. And he says, they're sunglasses. So if you look out the window, you can see colors. Like, all the colors. Now, he's, he's really colorblind, so he can't see anything until he puts the glasses on. But he brought them in, and it was amazing. Green is pretty cool. Yep. just saying. I didn't realize how vibrant it was. I mean, it's just really cool. I mean, I can see shades and everything. It's just not what you see. Do you know, uh, they say there's a study that says that we have, each of us have over 60,000 thoughts a day. Have you ever heard that? 60,000. Now, to be fair, they say it's a little less for men. Um, <laughs> And uh, as I was reading through this, you know, I, I'm, I'm way over getting offended by that. You know, I get it. Okay. But I was actually reading some of it, and they say that, you know, we've got our left and right hemisphere of our brain. You, you heard this before? And that as children, you know, they're connected, and they go back and forth, and messages go back and forth. But then as we get older, guess what? Women stay connected, and men do not. What? <laughs> why? I don't know. I don't know why that is. But we actually do have actually quantifiably less thoughts, but... But here's the sad thing about that. In that study I was reading, it said that up to 80% of those thoughts are negative. And I, I'm like, really? For everybody? And, and, and as I was reading through, they were talking about how, how it, it, it's not that you yourself are, are necessarily thinking negative things, but there's so much negative in our culture that that counts as a thought. And then you and your mind, you process through the negative. And, and you've all heard this phraseology before where you know, okay, you got that friend with no filter. You know what I'm talking about, right? So in our minds, we filter all that out too. So as those negative thoughts are rolling, you, you, you actually filter. Now, most of the filtering happens subconsciously, and you don't, you don't really think about it. It's not like you think, okay, I have this negative, 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 positive, negative, positive, positive. And it's not like you filter out and say, I'm going to think about this one, typically. It just happens. It just happens as you're, as you're living your life. But here's what's sad about that is, is uh, as you're filtering that out, they say that anxiety now is the number one disorder in our society. Anxiety, and that up to forty million of the population, eighteen uh, percent of our population struggle with anxiety on a daily basis. That's one in five. Look down the row, figure out who it is. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not. I'm kidding about that. Um, you know, depression they say affects fifteen million people a year. I mean, actual clinical depression. I don't know if you've known anybody who struggled with that. I have. A, I have three now good friends who struggle with that. And uh, when I first encountered that with them, I didn't understand it. I don't. I don't understand it now. But the struggle is real. It's a very, very difficult thing. So let me ask you though something. You know, a lot of times with these types of things, we we tend to gravitate toward natural solutions most often. But but. Do you believe that Jesus could actually supernaturally affect these things uh, really yeah. okay I, I do I do, and I think if you don 't believe that then you then the door is not open for him to do what he can do now believe me i 'm not saying it 's all j- just that, although he can do it all, but I think it takes a hand in hand we do our part, he does his part, but a lot of times we, we in the very beginning negate whatever part he plays because in our minds, we don't know that it's possible. It is possible. We do serve a supernatural God who loves you, cares about you, thinks about you. He is a real God. So let's take a look. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me as we've done this series how much I see emotion in the Bible. I just didn't notice it before. It's in there. It's everywhere. Now, what we're going to do right now is we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the message, and the message is is uh, Peterson wrote this, Eugene Peterson is a, it's kind of a colloquial, it's kind of a common language. And I love it sometimes. Sometimes it's not so much, but, but this passage of scripture, I thought was really interesting in the message. It says the world is unprincipled. Would you agree with that? That's a good way to say it. It's a doggy dog. It's dog eat dog out there. And that's where I'm not a big fan. Cause I'm not sure that phrase is like that universal anymore, but still doggy eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. Would you agree with that? It doesn't. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. I wish I could say that was true all the time, but it's so easy to do what everybody does and fight our battles the way they fight their battles. And then he says, we never have, and we never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. Wow. Wow. That's huge. Really? That our, our tools are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. And he doesn't in there. He says, We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse. Did you catch that? Thought, emotion, and impulse. That's what we are, aren't we? Aren't we just a big bundle of thoughts, emotions, and impulses? And we fit every one of those, every loose thought, emotion, and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Do you see God's part and our part? They're both in there. You actually have to use the tools and build your life into a a life of obedience and into maturity. And you actually have to take those loose thoughts and emotions and impulses and let them be shaped by Christ. But he will do the shaping. So it's a hand-in-hand thing. It's not just either or. The fact is he wants to work with you and will work with you in all those things. But here's the problem. It all starts in the mind. It all starts there. It actually matters how you think. And you have this this inner dialogue going on all the time, don't you? It's that it's inner dialogue in your, in your mind. And here's what you need to understand is that ends up shaping your destiny. Destiny isn't something that just happens to you and you have no, no choice or nothing in it. The fact is the way you think starts in your mind and it, it's right there and it shapes where you go and what you do. In Proverbs, the Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And this is the amplified version. So those brackets kind of amplify what it's saying, in behavior, one who manipulates. For as he thinks, so is he in his behavior and how he manipulates. Here's, here's kind of the scary thing is, you actually do have voices in your head. I didn't hear very many giggles there. Is that because you are worried about those voices? Notice I put the old school emoji, that's the... You actually have voices in your head. The, the thing is, the voice you believe will determine your future. You, in your head all the time, I mean, psychologists call it self-talk. I'm not sure I like that as much as voices in your head, but you do have them, and they're all the time saying things. Now, if they're 80% negative and you're filtering those out, that means that when you have those negative thoughts, that positive thoughts have to also be in there, and then you get to filter and choose which, one, which one's preeminent, which one wins. It's, it's a good thing, but it's also a scary thing and a bad thing. And you, you see this dialogue actually started in the Garden of Eden. It's not new. It's a human nature thing. And the fact is, it started. Think about this for a minute. Think about the Garden of Eden. God, when he set it all up, he gave them everything they needed. Every single thing, every need was met. Everything. And then he told them, just don't eat of this one thing. Let me ask you, did, did God set them up there? Was he just messing with them, playing with them? Is it like he put all the vegetables out and then put a donut in the middle and said, "Don't eat, the, don't eat the donut"? <laughs> no, that maybe it'd be that way if it was like lima beans and Brussels sprouts because those are like I don't even know why those are exist, but that's not why. Would would you have even had a choice if it wasn't a legitimate choice? No. Would would he be able to? Would you be able to choose right or wrong if if the wrong choice wasn't even a viable choice or comparable to the good? No. The fact is, God wanted you to have a love relationship with you. He wanted that love relationship with you. And because of that, he gave you that kind of a free will. But to give you free will means you had to actually choose. And for you to actually choose, it had to be good and bad. But the thing is, with that choice, he said, just don't do this one thing. He gave you everything else you need. Not much has changed, though, has it? Think about the internet. How many choices do you have? billions, trillions, I don't even know, I have no idea, and then we choose the wrong things, we have choices, think about what's on TV, how many channels are there now, I don't even know, I mean, sometimes, I remember it was was like Christmas or something, and they're like, well, what's the Christmas channel, and it's like, I I don't know, I don't ever go above like two, three hundred, I don't know, it's 800, like, oh my gosh, there's 800 channels, and you choose the wrong thing. Think about how many conversations you can have, and yet you choose to talk about somebody. Think about it. It's amazing. We've been given everything, and yet we choose wrong. And look at how it started. This is Genesis 3.1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say? I like to put a little inflection there, like, did God really say? I mean, my face says it all. Did he really say? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. And right then, it starts. And the voices in their heads started to echo. Did God really say? Did he really? I mean, why, why would he do that? Does he care about us? Does he really like us? Is he, is he really up for our good? Is he, is he trying to keep something from us? Is there something good that he doesn't want us to have? And they start to go nuts. Did he really say? <laughs> Happens to us all the time. Did God really say? Did he really talk to me? Did he really tell me he loved me? Am I really, really a Christian? Am I really, really forgiven? Did he really forget all the things I had done and thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness? Did he really do that? Did he really tell me my marriage would be restored? Did he really tell me that, that my kids are gonna come back and follow him with their whole heart? Did he really tell me that that relationship was, was possible to be good again? Did he really tell me that financially I would be free? Did he really say? Then doubt begins to grow, and here's what's sad is, even your even your well-meaning friends can start this ball rolling, can't they? You see, do you, anybody have that one honest friend's a little too honest? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, man, you look tired today. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't I didn't think about it. And like, or somebody says, have you put on a little weight? Oh, um, maybe. Or it could be the shirt. And they're like, no, no, I think you have. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you for that. Now your mind is going crazy again. Or your boss says something and what happens? It validates all the insecurities that you already had. And when those validations go, then those insecurities go nuts. Or you read something on Facebook and it's not about you. But <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Maybe there's a little history there. You've been hurt before and you read it and you think, oh no, they did not do that. I cannot believe they wrote that. Can you believe they wrote that? Then you, you message somebody. Did you see what someone so wrote? Do you think they're talking about me? right? And your mind goes nuts. (laughs) It's crazy. Someone says something, they post something, and and, and what's sad is it validates what's already in here. The battle's up here. It's all in here, and it ruins your day, and it feeds your insecurity, and that dialogue goes on and on and on and on and on, and then every word, and then you start to walk down, and you see things that, that had nothing to do with it, but then you interpret it that way because you're already set up that way, and it's almost as if you can't think straight because... And you can't trust what you think. And like my, my deficiency, I don't even know what I'm seeing anymore because I don't see it the way it really is, is. And I can't even trust what I see is what's real. You know how many times I stand in front of my clothes and like, I have no idea. <laughs> Does that go with that? I don't even care anymore. It's already been five minutes. I'm done with this. So I just, I don't even care. And we do that with our lives. And you assume the wrong thing over and over and over and what happens is that that inner dialogue it just it limits us it 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 keeps us from being who God wants us to be in it, and it takes those emotions that God gave us and he intended for good and and then they get bent out of shape and they get they get they get they get horrible, and we begin to lose faith here's what I want you to do I want you to hold that thought now I know that phrase means something I know what it means I know what it means I know what it means where you're talking to somebody and then you Something comes up in your mind, you're like, hold that thought. Because you got a thought you know you won't be able to hold, and it's going to go away. As you get older, maybe that's more of a thing. But then you, you tell your, your friend or whatever, hold that thought. And you want, you want to come back to it because that's important. What I'm telling you to do is I think you need to hold on to those negative thoughts. Not to keep them, but to isolate them. To put them in a place where they belong, someplace that's not, no longer damaging. What I want you to do is think of that term, that hold that thought in a totally different way. You know those thoughts. You're not capable. You don't matter. You're not important. You're not good enough. Nobody likes you. Those thoughts. Look at that same scripture that we read a minute ago in Eugene Peterson's The Message. Let's read it again, but in the New Living Translation. We demolish arguments. I love that word. Demolish is a good word, isn't it? That's not just, well, in some of the versions it says destroy. And I know destroy is good too, but demolish just has a ring to it. I mean, when you demolish it, there's nothing left, right? There's no remnant of it anymore. So when I'm saying hold it, I'm saying demolish it because every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive, hold it, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What you're trying to do then is to take those thoughts and then conform them to the image of Christ. Take those thoughts and make them different. What I want you to do is hold that thought to take it captive, you can look at it this way. You need to start silencing your inner critic. Now, some of us struggle with this more than others. I realize that. I know probably some of you are thinking like, I know somebody who doesn't struggle with this at all. They think they're amazing. They need a little criticism. That's not, we're not talking about them. We're talking about us. And those doubts that grow and those things that you think about and those things that just follow you around and the things that you can't get out of your mind, the lies that your own mind speaks to you over and over and over. They don't like me. They know what I've done. I'm not really loved. Everyone is talking about me. My marriage is hopeless. My relationships won't work. My friendships won't work. And then <laughs> this happened this week where I said something, and then this girl gave me that look. You know how girls can do that? Seriously. We can be honest. They, I mean, I just looked at her. And I go, wow, that is a savage look. That's amazing. Can you do that again? You know, <laughs> and she did, because they can, Right? Guys, we don't do it as much. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, I mean, but it's not the same, right? And then all of a sudden, your world is crushed because you saw somebody from across the room and one look said everything. And that one look validated everything you thought about yourself. The battle is right between your ears. It's fought right there. And if you're going to take captive that thought, what you need to do is stop agreeing with those thoughts, those negative thoughts that keep coming, you get to filter and you get to choose whether you're gonna agree with those things or not. Do you agree with those things? God forbid, please don't do it. Don't let those things be said over and over in your mind. You get to choose. I'm awkward, I'm clumsy, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm lazy, I'm hopeless. No, you are not. You know what happens, I think? I think I think some of us, you've been hacked. You've actually been hacked. Hacked, and now that stuff is running wild and you can't stop it and it's almost like you're falling backward and you think you know what happens if the enemy can't get you to give into temptation he'll get you in accusation you you realize that right he never stops he's a relentless enemy he hates your soul he hates your joy he wants to steal all of that and he'll do it any way he can either by getting you to legitimately fall into sin or just reminding you about the sin you fell into and you've been forgiven for. The fact is, when God forgives you, it's for completely forgotten. I mean, I've heard this illustration before, but you know, imagine if Jesus walked in this room right now. I mean, Jesus himself, and we all knew it was him. It wasn't like you thought it was some hippie that got lost. I mean, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as he walked in, what would your heart be thinking? Because some of you would be thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough to see him yet. And 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 he would look at you and say, "Hi, John, Jew, Sue, who? Right?" And inside you have this doubt, and he doesn't have it, and you can tell in his face. And you're like, "But do you remember that thing I did?" And he's like, "No, I don't." Well, remember I asked you to forgive me, and he says, "Then I did. It's gone. He doesn't remember, but you do." And because you do, the enemy can bring that up and torment you with those things. And that kind of thing doesn't come from God. That's not who he is. He doesn't do that to us. What he gives us is peace. Remember when you yelled at your kids? You remember that? Remember the looks on their faces? Almost a look of horror and you thought, wait, no, that's not me and I'm sorry. And then later that night you felt really guilty and you thought, God, I'm the worst parent ever. Can't believe I'd said that. And remember when you failed again and that sin that you keep struggling with, you just keep going back to it over and over and over? And remember remember how those mistakes you made in the past just follow you around and you can't seem to get rid of them? Well, you know what? Jesus doesn't because he forgave you. And when you're forgiven, you're forgiven. It's hard sometimes for us to even accept that because as humans, we do not we're not really good at that, right? We remember. And when people offend and hurt us, we remember, right? So we assume he remembers even though he said, I don't remember. And the enemy throws up. He wants to remind you all those failures. And the key is, do you do you agree with him or not? Listen, in Romans, the Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the condemnation comes from the enemy, not Jesus. Because through... Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, gives life and has set you free from the law of sin and death. You need to listen to that voice. You get to choose what voice you listen to. Those voices are in your head, no question. But you get to choose which of those voices you listen to. The thing is, you don't need to listen to what the enemy says about you. You need to listen to what Jesus says about you. You need to see yourself as God sees you. How many of you have had this experience where you're talking to somebody and they're they're being negative about their looks and and in your mind, you're you're trying to sort out, are they fishing for a compliment? Because they don't see what I see. You know what I'm talking about? And you almost want to tell them, have you looked in a mirror? Because that's not true. But no matter what, they won't believe it. Why? Because they're listening to lies. Have you ever heard somebody talk about their abilities and they're critical and I'm not good enough, I can't do this? And you're thinking they're way better than me. If, if they can't do it, then I'm hopeless. But they don't see themselves the way you see them. And it's the same thing with us. You don't see yourself the way God sees you. It's because you have all those voices in your head and you're believing the wrong things. And the filter you have is kind of broken. And you're accepting and believing and agreeing with the wrong things. Because God doesn't see you that way anymore. He doesn't look at you that way anymore. And when I tell you, I want you to hold on to that thought. Those are the thoughts I want you to hold on to. The good things, the way God sees you. I mean, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe the enemy? Are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe you? Are you going to believe you and your own doubt and your own self-criticism? Which one are you going to believe? Let's do this. I'm I'm going to go quick here. And I'm only going quick because there are so many things. We could do this all day. (laughs) Let's take a look at some of these. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Hold that thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Thought of Bill and Ted's right there. Hold that thought, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Now, that's in the New Living Translation, in the ESV, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and that sounds familiar to me because that's how I learned it, but look at this in the Amplified, I will never, under any circumstances... Desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Does, do you need to hear that today? He never lets go. And in your mind, you start to doubt that and wonder does he care? Is he forgot? Does he know what I'm going through? He knows. That's one of the things I love about the Amplified Version because look how short it is in the New Living. I will never fail you, I'll never abandon you. But it's more than that. When God says it, He means so much more. I will never, under any circumstances, desert you, nor give up on you, nor leave you without support, nor will I, in any degree, leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. And then in there, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And I will be your father and and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And what shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And sorry, he is the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger so I should not trouble. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? (laughs) i have called you friends for everything i have learned from my father i've made known to you i've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy yes your joy will overflow even before he made the world god loved us and chose us in christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes i knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb before you were born i set you apart anointed you to be my prophet to the nations you saw me before i was born every day of my life was recorded in your book is this too much Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. God thinks about you. You're on his mind. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you're still with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall have, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He he guides me along right paths and brings honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff (laughs) protect and comfort me. Did you catch all that? Because I did a little summary just in case. So I want you to hold on to these thoughts, those thoughts, not the thoughts that are negative and the thoughts that pull you down and the thoughts that say you're less than who God says you are. Let me just summarize for a second. He gives you peace. You are a child of God. You are free from all condemnation. God is for you and not against you. He creates new things out of nothing. You have no reason for fear. You're cared for and a friend of God. He chose you and has a plan for your life. He knew you before you were even born. And you can walk through dark valleys because he is with you and he will comfort you. That's what he does. That's who he is. What you need to do today is hold those thoughts. No matter what else comes into your mind, you need to hold those thoughts. How do you do that? How do you do that when those other thoughts came flooding in? I want to to give you just a couple tips on that. One of the best things you can do is memorize those verses. Memorize those thoughts so that when those other thoughts come in, you put the good ones in its place. Some people I know, they, they print those out and put them on their mirror. I've, I've been to people's homes where, where there's like verse after verse after verse after verse. And that's okay. I've been in people's cars where they're plastered right there, right on the steering wheel. God forbid you have an accident like, well, I was reading the Bible while I was driving. And... But put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Put it in there. Tell people about it. Tell what God has done. Testimonies are powerful, powerful things. You know what you need to do? is exactly what Philippians 4 says. Don't worry about anything. How can you not worry? Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Did you ever think about crying out to him and saying, God, I've got all these negative thoughts. I'm really struggling with this. Fill my mind with good thoughts. What do you think of me? How do you see me? Thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Hold that thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable about these things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's what we need to do. We need to spend time with him and get his mind about us, not our mind. I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes. Everybody, just shut your eyes for a sec. I ask you to do this because it gives you that sense of privacy in a room full of people. And, and I, by the way, when I ask you to raise a hand, it's not for me. It's really for you because part, part of a decision-making process and a change process is when you, you've had new information come into your mind, then, then you get to choose, am I going to do something about this or not? And raising your hand helps with that process. That's why we do it. And then we pray for you because I believe there's a spiritual nat, supernatural spiritual component to God partnering with us and we make a decision and he's already wanting us to do it. And then our lives change dramatically because of that, that working together. So here's what I'm gonna ask you with your eyes closed for a second. My guess is that there's people in this room today and you, you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. And maybe, maybe you've walked with Christ before or maybe you've kind of pushed him off or maybe you just haven't been. But hearing this today, you're thinking, wait a minute, there's a God in heaven who's for me like that? Yes, he is. He loves you, he cares about you, he knows what you've been through, knows what you're walking through, knows what you're gonna go through. And the fact is, he wants to comfort you and walk with you through each one of those things. And if you're here today and you've never walked with him before, never been a Christian before, or maybe you have, but you've, you've let that slip and you wanna restore that relationship, I wanna pray with you this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand and we'll pray together. Anybody at all, you wanna become a Christian and follow him today. Anybody at all? All right, I'm gonna ask this next question. Please keep your eyes closed still for just one more minute. Like I said a minute ago as, uh, in the beginning, as I was reviewing and working through this sermon this week, I kept finding myself thinking, God, you're preaching to me again, and I need this. I need to think his thoughts, not my thoughts. I'm wondering, is anybody else struggling with that? Anybody raise their hand with me and say, yes, that's me this morning. All right, let's do this then. Let me pray with you. And I'm going to ask God to partner with you and in that raised hand and that you are going to do this. You're going to start to spend time on these promises, on these words. You're going to put those thoughts in your mind instead of those negative thoughts. You're going to hold those negative ones and you're going to demolish them with the good thoughts. Let's pray that. Father, I pray for everybody in this room, everybody, especially those who raised their hands. And I pray, Father, for those who raised their hands that God is as we are struggling with those thoughts that come in and the negative and the doubt and the worry, that God, that you, as we have raised our hands and said, God, we need your help with that, that you would now help us with that that you would begin to flood our minds with those good and positive thoughts from your word and those good and positive thoughts that you have spoken to us and those promises that you have given us where you've told us that that life is going to be different and going to be better and these relationships are going to change and the job will change and the marriage will change and finances will change and God we ask that you would meet every one of those needs in Christ Jesus. And, Father, my prayer is that each one of these people would would not only know that, but they would sense and know your presence in that this morning. I pray that in Jesus' name that you would make every one of those changes for us. Amen. God bless you. Here's my challenge to you. As you go about your day, don't don't be that, that honest friend. Be that encouraging friend this week. And every time one of those negative thoughts flare up, what I want to challenge you to do is replace it with one of those good ones. And if you need, you know, a list of these verses, they're easy for you to get off of either you version or I can just send them to you. Just let me know. You can email the church or, or whatever. God bless you this morning. <clears throat>